So today's fun fact. When many people think of depression, they imagine it as persistent sadness. While this is a common symptom of depression, it is not the only one, and it may not even be the most significant one. It's more likely to be a symptom of depression in women than in men. Men with depression may not feel especially sad. Instead, they may feel irritable, angry, or aggressive. For many men, being unusually short-tempered, getting in more arguments, or being excessively critical are more reliable signs of depression than sadness. just spoke about how flawless our, our entrances have been leaving and then I put my foot in my mouth cynic no stone unturned we're back baby season finale how are you brother I am not depressed <laughs> so that's a good thing <laughs> that's a good thing that means that you found your happy pills everybody you'll figure out why I mentioned why I said that first thing in the show I'm good bro I'm, I'm good um, this is our season four 
final episode, season finale. It is, man. It's so hard to say goodbye. Sometimes. To Not every time. <laughs> Not every time. This is a good goodbye. I think we we need to tell the listeners as well something that we've, as far as format goes, next season they can expect a release every other week versus every week, right? That is true. When we started the podcast, we mentioned that some time ago. When we started the podcast, you know, we had less stuff going on in our lives. Yes. <laughs> and I think Corona had just started. We were all like batting down the hatches, ready to go into hermit mode. And we had all kinds of time to dedicate to. That's a great way know, of putting it. Recording yeah. and editing and everything else. And now, yeah, life is slowly, well, not slowly anymore, but. You know, we're getting back into our groove, getting things done, and it's just, it's becoming too much to try and get an episode out every week, and uh, it's not fair to the listeners as well to expect it, so we'll just, yeah, switch gears and try a every two-week release and see see how that works before we go to monthly release. <laughs> before we do one a year. <laughs> now, with that being said, the quality of the episodes, I think, should improve a bit as well because you know i felt really good about last show because i felt like the you know between like during the week you and i were chatting and i was sending ideas and you were sending ideas but not every week is like that right and then sometimes mm -hmm. we're talking about topics and we want to make sure that we're doing it justice right um so i think with with us spreading it out that way it's going to help us bring a higher quality show as well so it's going to give us a break right not stress us out as much because we do like doing this right but once it gets to a point where sure you know, you feel start you start feeling stressed. You gotta look at things, but I think it should also improve the the quality of the show. Not that uh, it needs any help, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. We have more time than we can we can do a little better more a little better prep a little a little add a little more of this and that. You know what it is, cynic. It's 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 the control freak in me, man. Because I think if we got somebody to edit the show, which I know we can do, it would take a lot off of our plates. But I just don't trust anybody. And I know the kind of the sound and the direction. I, I know how we want us to, to come across and to give that to somebody else and then pay for it. The worst thing you can do is pay somebody for something and then be like, I could have done it better. Mm -hmm. So, I, yeah, man, this is our baby and it's, it's hard to trust anybody with it, you know? Absolutely. I know it. So rather than bringing some Joe Schmo in that's not going to get it, we're going we're gonna, to, you know, look at things, rearrange some things, but keep bringing you the... The quirky content you've uh, learned to love. Agree, one hundred percent. Let's see how that works out, mm -hmm. and uh, and then we'll go from there. I'm thinking. Speaking of a lot of things on our plate, you know, um, I got a move coming up soon, so yeah, it might be that we'll we'll have a little bit of an extended break because <laughs> I would like to have that move behind me before we jump into a new season. Hold on, though, bro. That means we're gonna be gone for four months in September. We'll, we'll come back in 2023. Damn. It's all good. We usually take a month and a half off. We'll be back in six months. <laughs> talking about having a lot on our plates. Yeah, but we, we could. We no, could but. <laughs> You're right. That's a good point. I should, we probably should have talked about that off the air first. The air. But I, there was well, a time. That's a bombshell. <laughs> there was a time where we, where we took a summer break and we were gone for three months. So I thought it is. It's no biggie. <laughs> we do it again. Well, you know, to be honest with you, maybe we could do like maybe like a one episode. You know, we could come together for like one weekend and then be like, all right, we'll see you in two months. I don't know. 
I don't know. No, I don't no. know how you feel about that. We could talk about that off air, but I do like having time for the holidays, like for us to kind of decompress and really focus on what's important. You know, you know how I feel about the holidays. I'm a big mush when it comes to that stuff, so I'm totally with it. But uh, I just hope we have some listeners when we get back. You know, you're you're right. You're right. You're right. That that was that was poorly thought out on my part. There's no reason why we can't take a short break and come back. And then we'll just have to break again during the holidays. And that's fine. Yeah, we we'll do that. do that. Do like a little mid-season. False alarm. Or we can just come back and like in November, do a little one one episode, talk some shit and be like, all right, we'll see you in January. And we can we can always do that as well. We'll play it by ear. Yeah, we'll figure that I out. I mean, for, for now, we'll, we'll, let, we'll let you folks know what we're doing. But scratch the, the back in four months <laughs> thing. <laughs> it's a bit extreme on my we'll part. We'll be back in 2025, guys. We love you. Thank you for everything. <laughs> Catch y'all in three years, same time, same place, same channel. <laughs> Hashtag too much of a plate. <laughs> All right, so yeah, there we're done. <laughs> Format might change, and a uh, little bit of a break coming up. Otherwise, we will be back as always. Yes, sir. All right, brother. Well, today we're talking about mental health. That's how we're sending you guys off with a nice <laughs> mental health discussion. <laughs> So you go home all warm and fuzzy inside. Welcome. Sit on the couch. We're talking about <laughs> mental health, man. We're talking about, you know, some different facets of mental health. We're talking about the fact that it was taboo for so long. Mm. And yeah, we're going to get into a couple things, man. I think one of the first things that I want to talk about when we talk about mental health, at least from my perspective, is how far we've come. You know, I think something, something that you see now you know, whether it be on TV or, or podcast, I mean, something that's spoken about now. You could say, yeah, I have a therapist appointment this week and people won't look at you funny. 20 years mm. ago, they might have, you know, they might have judged you because for one, to say that you need help is a sign of weakness, right? And for a man... More so. Yeah, for a man, more so, right? The whole man up phrase, which I think is has been canceled, <laughs> but the whole man up thing, right? Something that, that we've heard of so, for so long, especially growing up, like you know, dust it off and keep going is absolutely the worst thing you can do, <laughs> you know? And that was the advice we were giving each other. Uh, Cause again, it was kind of taboo to say you need help. Uh, it was weakness, right? All that bullshit. But I think we've come to a point in society that we learned that sweeping those things under the rug doesn't fix those things. So why not address them rather than, you know, storing them in our subconscious in that dark room in, in our mind, right? Locking it in the farthest closet, um, from from our consciousness that we can, and then dealing with shit later. Because if you don't deal with it, and you don't confront it. It just either it grows or it just festers, right? So mm. I think as a society, we've come a long way in, in being able to have those conversations, especially when it comes to men. Um, where you, hey man, you just need to sit down. You need to work through some shit. Sometimes we've talked about on the show before about child programming, right? And how the experiences that we've had in our younger years, how important they are to molding us into the people that we become. Yes. Yes, they are. I learned that every week at my therapist appointment. <laughs> it's and it's pro, it's programming, man. And I think, again, another reason why I'm so happy that we started this podcast, that we have this platform, is because sometimes you know things, but they don't click. And this podcast has made a lot of things click for me. I always understood why it was important to have a stable environment for your children. Stability is what you want, right? Um, I've always understood that, but now it just connects. You know, why is stability so important? Because ultimately, they're going to become adults, and the environment that we created for them is going to be very crucial to, to the type of people they become. 
Yeah, yeah. As a parent, I think about that a lot. And often you question yourself and wonder, you know, if the things you're doing or the things you're saying or, you know, I mean, everyone's different, but I question a lot. Yeah, because of I because I always wonder what is going to be the impact on my kid once he's an adult, you know, or or even before that, of course. But, you know, those those long term things that happen or that that take root in your in your psyche um, and you don't realize it then as a kid and your parents are doing what they're what they think they need to do, what they think is right. Mm -hmm. And only later it comes out that, oh, yeah, that probably was not the best way to handle it or the best thing to say or the best, you know what I mean? So, yeah, unfortunately, and it's so cliche. I feel like it's so cliche. Like I said, at my own sessions, I realize it. How many things go back to your childhood? Oh, man. It's almost annoying because it's, it's like, <laughs> yeah, because it's like, come on, I mean, Really? Like, does everything have to be blamed on my childhood? Why was there so much stake in this part of my life? Why couldn't this shit be spread out evenly? Like, Seriously. <laughs> seriously. Sometimes it feels like a scapegoat as well, though. Because it's like, really, even this is because of my, <laughs> my child. That, too. But, I mean, I'll be honest. Some things I'm not totally convinced. Um, but other things really click. Yeah. yeah and you realize sure. yeah, that, that makes sense. I think for me, like, one main thing that sticks out and one major change from where we are now to where we were 20 years ago, people used to always joke around when they were younger. And I used to get my ass beat. Mm -hmm. You know, if I misbehave, I used to get my ass beat. And I was like, ha, 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 me too. You know, it's not that's not a good thing. <laughs> and I don't think you hear that so much nowadays. I think people are handling things differently. I think one of the greatest things that we've been able to afford with the sacrifices that our parents made coming to this country is education, right? Because when our parents were younger... And they were raising us. They can only, they, they did the best they can from their comprehension, right? And we would have to say that obviously being here in the States, we've had access to a lot higher education than they have. So we, we see things differently. Our critical thinking is, is different. But I, I think one of the greatest things is that, again, that, that we've been able to, to have access to this. And now it changes the way that we think. We, we understand that maybe the way that we were raised wasn't the right way. Maybe there Obviously, there was great things there that, that happened that we can carry on to our children, but it doesn't mean that the way that it was done was, was the right way. And I think one of those things is hitting your children. For me, I don't, I don't want to get too personal. You stop me if, if I am cynic, but one of the things that I admire about you is that you definitely broke that cycle, man. You know, not that we were beat. I don't want anybody to think that, we, you know, Department of Children and Families. DCF. I mean, DHS never came to our home. Yeah, that's, for, that's true. But I would say we were beat. I mean, let's just put the cards on the table. <sighs> Damn, you know what? Let's let's get real. I wanted to be I wanted to be a little sweet with it. I wanted to be sweet with it, but you're absolutely right. It was it was a very physical upbringing for us, and a lot of it was unfair. One of the things I admire about you and our older brother, and I I would be remiss not to mention him as well because I think he's done an outstanding job with our nephew in New York, is that you guys decided to break that cycle, you know, and you understood that there's different ways of doing things, and that's definitely not one way that's going to yield the best result, especially when we consider what we came from, right? But I think a testament to that is, again, the, the access to what we have here in the state. Are we the same people if we're raised in Venezuela or DR? Mm -hmm. You know, if all we have is that environment and that's the only thing feeding our mind, are we still carrying that cycle on with our families now? Yeah, I think I think that's totally right, man. Um, like like you said, the uh, our parents and their generation did 
let's say generally speaking i get for sure with our parents i can say that did the best they could with the knowledge they had yeah and the upbringing they had mm-hmm. uh, we have the advantage that we have a lot more access to information than yeah. they had right for sure so their world was much smaller you know our worlds are much much bigger and we can inform ourselves and we can see how things are in different places what works in different places in different countries and different cultures and we take advantage of that yeah and we see that things could be done differently <laughs> you know what i mean so for sure man I, I think that that is a big a big benefit to the times that we're in as adults you know, we can take advantage of that yeah and i say that because um maybe there's somebody out there listening to this can that can relate to an upbringing that was a little more physical as far as how they were disciplined than it should have been. And I say that so if there's any resentment towards your parents, you know, you should let that go. Obviously, there's, you know, there there is a line, right? And no matter how, you know, what environment you kind of came from, like, there is there is too much. Uh, but maybe sometimes, you know, we hold on to shit. And, you know, we have a resentment towards our parents because of, of things that happened in our childhood. Maybe f- them being physical is one of them. And we still aren't right with that. As human beings, we're fucking we're we can be great, and we've spoken about all the great things that human beings can do on this podcast. But we can also be not the nicest, you know. First, yeah, and yeah. when we're frustrated, and when again we don't have access to to the things that the you and I have, and we can only comprehend from what we understand. Sometimes we don't we don't make the best decisions, you know. But it doesn't necessarily mean we're bad people. Yeah, you know, there. Now that you mention it, there's so many examples out there of of the worst of the worst, right? So I think what I would like to clear up, because you, you, you addressed people out there who may be in similar situations or had similar situations. Mm-hmm. What I think I should clarify is that we were beat, but we were beat in, this, in, in terms of uh, to discipline us when we, you know, got out of line or for sure, maybe even times when, you know, maybe our parents were not in the best mood and, and, and they just lost their temper Mm -hmm. but it was not it was not a household where we grew up constantly being beat for everything where we had to walk on eggshells no it was when we screwed up or you know what i mean so just just to be clear because i'm sure there are people who experience the the excessive the latter exactly that's what i wanted to say like if you were in a situation that it was excessive then you have every right to (laughs) really be not okay with that you know because that shit's not okay it's just it's not right and i'm glad yeah i'm glad that you further clarified that man it's tough man because even in those situations where we messed up it's like man yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) it wasn't right for sure you know i remember when i was younger man i've always had this love for for communication And talking <laughs> because my detentions weren't he didn't do his homework or he failed his test. It's he was interviewing everybody in the classroom. Like I wouldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> like she'll be up there teaching a lesson and I'm over here talking about what's for lunch. You know, I was always a, I was a chatterbox. I used to get a lot of detentions for those. And I remember hiding those things or trying to get out of them. But, you know, when you're in elementary school, like you can't pretend like, mom, um, I'm 30 minutes late because I had soccer practice. From, you know what I mean? Like, it's a little more wiggle room in, in, in high school and in middle school even mm-hmm. because you maybe are into extracurricular things where you can pawn off where you've been for the last 30 minutes. But my point is I couldn't get out of it. I'm freaking in elementary school. Yeah, no reason for you to be late. <laughs> yeah, I would hide them. I would not show up. And then I'll get another detention. And I remember always being so afraid of showing that to my parents because I knew what was going to happen. You know, and I just now from my comprehension is like, man, I just wish they would have tried to talk to me and like understand why. And don't get me wrong. I wasn't I wasn't an angel, but I was a kid. 
at the end of it, right? Yeah. Looking back at it, man, I was like, man, I, I remember the fear. I remember the fear of showing the detention to, to moms because I knew I was going to get, you know, the two piece in a biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think those type of emotions at that early age, that's, those aren't good things. You know, those aren't things that we want our children to feel because those emotions become insecurities, anxiety, right? And they fester into these other things. And of course, I don't think our parents ever really understood the long-term effects of that, but yep. to the point that <laughs> I can't, you know how when a woman would touch your face and she caresses mm. your face, I'm fine with that. But if for any reason, in a playful manner, she grabs my face hard, it's a trigger for me because our mom used to do that. Our mom used to grab our face very hard, you know, mm-hmm. and it's something that it takes me back instantly and I and I see red. So the point that I'm like, please just let go of my <laughs> Please, you know, I have to talk to you about something. Mm-hmm. I'm still broken, right? In that sense where if you want to caress my face, I'm fine. But you know how just sometimes, you know, they'll grab it and they'll, you know, just in a playful manner, but more yeah. stern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit, it, I'm like a fucking ravaged pit bull. And I'm like, dude, don't do that. Because it takes me back to being that young and being, you know, disrespected in that manner. Mm-hmm. Something so small and still something I have to work through. Yeah, yeah. Those are the things, right? Triggers, man, yeah. I think it's, I guess on a a positive note, what's good is that you actually recognize that, right? Because so many of us or so many people don't recognize these things and, well, they can never do anything to try and improve it because it's just like, it's part of them. It's like they're on autopilot or something and they don't even realize, you know, why it is that they react that way or whatever. And those are the things that happen when we're young that impact our mental health later and in your case like you had a very concrete example of something that was that was done to you right right away man yeah in my case i know at least some of my issues come uh, see if i can explain this well not so much from from what was done to me the physical thing what was done to me so you know we adapt we adapt mm-hmm. to our situations, right? So I, I learned at some point that certain behaviors, um, certain way, reactions, you know, certain things uh, elicited certain responses from people, yes. right? And as a part of that, I learned that certain things would take me down a path that was less, where there was less friction, where there was less um, confrontation, right? And that learned behavior I took it with me right into adulthood. And that causes me problems to this day. Yeah. Problems that I didn't realize that I just thought that's just me. That's just how I am until I started questioning it. Right. And then later, like until I started actually talking to someone about that stuff. And then you start to realize that these things that you never really questioned because you thought it's just how you are. You know, you you find this thread and you follow it all the way back and you start to make, in my case, connections and realize it makes sense Mm -hmm. why I I started to do that. It makes no sense why I behave that way still to this day, but I can't just pull out of that. I can't just shut it off. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of the programming. Over 40 (laughs) years of freaking, you know, ingrained programming. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, all of that has an impact. I hear you, man. I one thing that I think you said that really painted because you know I'm a I'm a visionary. You said that I think you said something like a tether. Was it a tether a or a thread? Mm. A thread, right? And that's a great way of putting it, man. From when something happens, right, that's impactful, whether it be one occurrence or a multitude of things, that thread is created, right? And that thread follows us 
into adulthood, right? And when we start unpacking shit and we start looking at us and we start doing the inner work, we start realizing where that leads to. And if you follow that thread back, it takes you. And and we spoke about this off air, not to say that everything is childhood, right? I think sometimes when people can't explain shit, they're like, well, it was your childhood. Exactly. I think it still needs to make sense to you. So like you said, you know, I don't feel like everything is that, but I can definitely attest to certain things or, or most things, right? Being traced back to my childhood. But I think it's important to hear that because you can't address it if you don't know where it's coming from, right? So maybe somebody hearing this, could be like, man, well, let me take a look. Let me take a look at myself. And let me think about how I grew up and if there's anything that's still tethered to me as an adult mm-hmm. that I didn't even notice. Because that's another thing. Part of it, what you said earlier, was like, it's it's good that, that I'm able to see mm-hmm. that, you know, grabbing in the face where it comes from, right? Because there's acknowledgement. One of the scariest things is not knowing. And then all of a sudden you have this aha moment and you're like, oh, shit, this shit goes back. We joke about all the time that we shouldn't have irresponsible people having kids, this, that, and the other. This is the real shit of it, though. Like, this is the this is the other side that we don't really, really talk about. And not that we had irresponsible parents, but think about it. We had fully capable parents that loved us that still weren't perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have a bad childhood growing up. I remember laughing a lot, but I also remember crying a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like we had a worse situation growing up. There's people that had it way worse and have to deal with a whole lot more shit. Way worse. And I think a lot of those unanswered things or things that we put away in our mind right i think it creates certain things that we have to struggle with one of those things is depression yeah another major thing that people talk about now more openly right and it's not taboo and you know we can talk about our feelings now which i think is the best thing that we can do but within that depression and i mean you see commercials about i mean michael phelps you know the highly decorated american olympian has commercials about mental health and about therapy. The swimmer? The swimmer, yeah. Yeah, there's apps now where you can, you know, find a therapist and, and stuff like that. But depression, I think, is something that when we don't face those things starts happening because there's something off within ourselves, but we've we've put it away for so long that we can't even attach what it is, but we know we're not happy. Right. Right. And sometimes it doesn't mean that everything's going wrong in your life. Everything could be going right in your life and you could still not be happy. Right? And we think when we talk about suicide suicide happens to everybody right but obviously when it happens to famous people i think we can quote unquote like attach to it more because people feel like you know a commonality there robin williams right this guy was one of the best comedians he put smiles on people's faces finances wasn't ever an issue for him right he was a mega star and he took his life think about the inner battles that he was fighting that nobody ever knew about yeah and depression is is a major kind of reaction i guess you can say to traumas that, that we really don't we really don't face, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean the the trigger for having this this um, for covering mental health today was actually, let's say, someone close to the family mm-hmm. on my wife's side uh, recently took his own life. Yeah, and uh, that is kind of what we were talking about last week when we decided, you know. It's maybe a wor- a topic worth talking about generally. Yeah. yeah, our hearts and our warm vibrations just want to take a second to that family. We send our deepest condolences. Yeah, so this this was um, someone who it, it came totally. Let's say, well, at least for for most of us, it came out of out of nowhere. Sometimes, um, usually, it is like that, man. You know. Yeah, it goes back to to this topic, right? This mental health depression, right? And of course, that's the most extreme or one of the most extreme um, results of depression. But there are also other things that, let's say, mental health related that 
can come as a result from unresolved issues, you know, for example. You know, like we see a lot of these mass shootings, these these school shootings, these people who go on, on rampages, like these are people who are suffering from some sort of mental health. And some of it could very well be chemical. That's yeah. true. Chemical imbalance. But my opinion is that yeah, something something was missing. Yeah. Something was missing or something was broken which may have added to whatever was already there chemically. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, like you said, now th- this is more open and people talk about it more. But I feel like what brought us to this point, at least partly, is that so much more is happening. We're seeing what happens when we don't address those things. Yeah, yeah. Right? We're seeing like all the these things happen. the mass school shootings and the suicides. And it's like, all right, we can't pretend like this shit's okay anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we can't pretend like we can just man up or woman up for that matter, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We're, we're starting to see that the way we were handling things isn't, isn't the right way to do it. I wonder if how different it was before, you know, before I'm talking about, I don't know, our parents or maybe before our parents' generation. Were these issues also so out in the open? Like, were, were these things happening as much, uh, but we didn't they didn't hear about, them, uh, about it as much? Or has it gotten worse now? Is it like a side effect of of all of the connectivity that we have now that there are more people that are, I don't know, measuring themselves against all these other people that they now have, that they now see online, you know, and, and they, if they feel worse about themselves. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, and now let's, let's trace it back to, let's say, doesn't have to be right. But for example, let's say growing up, that person had a parent or parents that would put them down. So they struggle with, with low self-esteem already. Mm. right so then they go online and then they see you know this instagram model you know living this lavish life and their posts get likes hundreds of thousands of times you got three likes you know you Mm -hmm. start like you said comparing yourself if there's something there from childhood that's definitely going to manifest and maybe sometimes there isn't something there from childhood maybe that's born right then and there that's true too because like we said it doesn't always mean that everything that we're struggling with comes from our childhood but yeah it's it's funny that you say that because i start thinking like Back in the day when we were like in, you know, when we had banana leaves covering our junk and things were a lot simpler, were we more happier back then? You know, because I think the vices that we've created, anything from like alcohol Mm -hmm. to technology, things that we've created to help kind of pass the time are the same things that come back to kind of bite us in the ass if we abuse those things. You know, if you have an alcoholic father that is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you know, this amazing person, which you've heard tons of story, women, uh, mothers as well, but just an example of a father. You have an alcoholic father that when he's not on the bottle, he's the greatest dad ever, but when he has a drink, he turns into this abusive nutcase. You know, that's, that's the vice that's having a hold of him. I'm thinking like back when we didn't have so much shit, when things were a lot more simpler, were we happier back then? You know, are we making ourselves more depressed with the things we've created over time? I would assume, this is an assumption, that we were. Yeah, there was no Instagram. Yeah, we were happy with simpler things, I think, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like, at least in my mind, I kind of picture it like, they had, they, you know, there are certain drugs that are considered to be so-called gateway drugs, right? You start mm-hmm. with those and they're supposedly softer or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at some point, they're not enough. And so you take something that's a little stronger and you go down that rabbit hole, right? And I think 
I think at some point that must have happened. Yeah, maybe there was no clear-cut line on when it happened, but over time, you know, this this became something that oh, this is nice, this feels good. Yeah, and and then something else, and then we just always needed more, 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 right? And we're now like on the very far <laughs> end of, of this. I of think that spectrum. I don't know yeah. how much freaking more we can uh, make ourselves feel better <laughs> in, in in this life, but. Of course, you can't go backwards now. Yeah. But I think if you, to answer your question, I think that they, they were happy and happy with much simpler things. That means we got to go back to banana leaves, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's pretty messy. It's pretty messy now, to be honest. Like often when I when I talk with a friend of mine, you know, he he's also he's also in, in therapy. <laughs> Good for him, man. That's awesome. Like he, you know how you, when you talk to someone, I have an example from him, but it could be anyone. Right? And they, the first thing you say is, "Hey, what's up? How you doing? How you doing?" Right. Mm-hmm. And I know in the states that's almost like it's not even really a question that anyone wants the answer to anymore. Like it's just <laughs> part of a greeting at this point. Well, already for years. Yeah. So over there you say, "Yeah, how you doing?" And, and you don't even stop to listen to how they're doing. It's just part of the greeting, and you keep walking. Right. But assuming you care about someone's answer <laughs> to that question, <laughs> sometimes I have to pause when he asks me that or when someone asks me that because just like it's a default question there's a default answer right i'm good everything's good good yeah great and i think to myself okay the default answer is good what i should say is everything is good because if i think about everything is good but the, the 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 funny thing is i don't always feel like everything is good Mm. i feel like i should be good i should be happy but I don't always feel that way. Even if I sit back and look at my situation, you know, I'm good. My family's good. You know, work is good. Everything is fine. So I tell them sometimes, I say, you know, I feel like everything is be fine. Or I feel like I should be happy, but I'm not. And that's how I sometimes answer him. <laughs> because it's the most honest answer I can give him. You know what I mean? Things are good. And... I sure as hell can compare myself to so many other people who are really having a shit time right now. Yeah. But I can't lie to you and just say, I am fine. I'm not always fine. I don't always feel fine. And I can't e- um, either always tell you either why I don't feel it. It's just, I just Sometimes don't feel you it. Sometimes you just don't feel it. But anytime I ask you how the fuck you're doing, you better be honest with me, motherfucker. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, he better not be the only one that gets the, the real. But I think there's a beauty in that, man. For one, there's accountability that you're taking in yourself, but there's a beauty in the honesty that you're sharing with him. It's weird if all of a sudden they Tell you kind the of truth. bombard you, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't feel that way. I know. It shouldn't feel that way. Like, if we're really asking, man, let's really, let's really fucking care. And, and ultimately, I do really care. And I think I think that happens with a lot of people. So I see beauty in that, man, that you have, that you're that you're able to be candid with him. Because I think we all should take kind of a page out of your book in that. Like, let's really think about it. And obviously, there is a time and place. I mean, you're not going to be at a bar and be like, well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes I, I, I just, that's also how I answer as well. I mean, yeah. if it, if I just want to be like, I'm fine, then then I'll say that. Yeah. But, but yeah. sometimes, um, yeah, sometimes I'm more conscious of the answer. Yeah, I don't know, bro. Like. Depression is a funny thing. I, 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 it's it's the biggest thing we think about when we talk about mental health. Yeah. I don't I don't really know. I guess th- there are other things 
that also count, right? Like, ang- I guess anxiety is something that oof, that's a could big be one. Mental health related, I guess. For sure, that's a big one, man. Anxiety is something that I'm. I've realized that I have a lot more of it than I ever could admit. You know, till this point in my life, I've always been a leader and somebody that people looked up to, and I've been entrusted in in positions where I had to make calls, right? And I had to say, we're going to go this direction. For somebody like me that has been that in my community to say that, man, I've been suffering with anxiety for a while now, that's the, that's the opposite of manning up. That's the vulnerability side, mm-hmm. you know, depression as well. I mean, I think we all go through ups and downs. Um, and if anybody's going through some downs, know that just work through it, man. You're going to get through it. It gets better. I know you feel like it's never going to get better. Hopefully your down hasn't been something that's been going on for, for way too long that you can't handle. But just know that it gets better just as long as you work through it. You know, giving up is not even an option. But to be able to say that anxiety is something that for sure I've learned that that I've, that I've had to deal with is, again, me being super vulnerable, you know, because I've always been the pillar. Right? I have, people always come to me to talk, right? I'm the one that has that gives the advice. Um, but we're all a little broken, man, you know, to be honest. And I think that's why I've really looked into meditation mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of centering myself and because I had to find other ways to just slow things down. Because for me, anxiety is like a constant tachycardia. But it's not necessarily... You, f- it, it's not necessarily the feeling inside the body, but just the the angst. Mm-hmm. And I think when I'm in that state, it affects the way I process things. It affects the way I treat people around me. It affects my work, right? Because I'm in this more of a reactive state mm-hmm. versus just being, again, centered and doing things from a more sensible place. So yeah, anxiety is a big one, man. Are you ever able to trace the things that trigger it? Have you ever have you had any success doing that? Have you tried? Yeah, for me it's it's the stress. So when things get stressful and things are combative, right? That's what triggers the the anxiety. And I don't know if it's the stress of me not showing mom that detention cuz I knew stress <laughs> at 9 years old. <laughs> I felt stress at 9 years old. I don't know I don't know where it ties back to, but it's it's when things get stressful is when it gets more more angsty. And I'm I'm really I'm really good at at, you know, handling things, you know, I don't think I'm somebody who stresses out easy just because of the way I am, you know, there's, I have work, I have Contra, we have this podcast, you know, it's a lot going on and you know, with Contra, <laughs> the shit that I deal with, cause mm-hmm. I tell you some things mm-hmm. off air, you know? Um, so I, I like being that involved in things, but just sometimes it becomes too much and that's where that anxiety starts creeping in for me, man. And I got to catch myself that check myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, th- I think the the hardest thing is when I was younger where I couldn't, acknowledge it or i can't pinpoint it you know so you start feeling these things and you start reacting this way but you don't know why you're reacting that way that's I, that's a scary place to be mm-hmm. you know I, at least now it's like all right i know what's happening i know what i need to do to make it better yeah i mean i appreciate you sharing that because that's uh, i think that's a big one for a lot of people you know i i don't i don't know i mean i'm sure i've suffered from it uh, i don't know if it's one of my bigger ones for me it's I guess self self confidence is a big one. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that counts as some a mental um, mental health issue. Of course. Yeah, uh, I don't really know what falls under mental health issues. Like, if there's a nice box that you can fit different things into it. But um, yeah, that's that's a big one. It, it, the funny thing is, like, when you mentioned it before, how with with anxiety, how you're you know you're in the in a leadership position, people come to you, and from the outside, you appear to people 
anything but anxious. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a, a you know the way I put it, in the way I've uh, even told my you know my junior techs and people that I've mentored along the way. It's it's like a duck treading water, right? So the duck above water is calm. Yeah, and it's just floating through, but under his his legs are doing this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what you get, right? You get the duck above water, where everything is like, yeah, but everything's cool, smooth. But underwater, there's <laughs> fucking chaos going. I on. totally relate to that. I can totally relate to that, and I think it's it's one of the most ironic things. And not to cut you off, but that's part of being in that role, right? Because when things are crazy, things aren't going well. You can't be frantic. You have to be the the constant, right? So. Me telling him that is like when you have rough rehearsals, when things aren't going well, when you have kids missing, you can't fucking be going nuts. You got to be centered. You got to know, you know, the direction we're going to go in. You got to tell them what you need to tell them. And then you deal with your shit that you need to deal with on your back end. But if you're frantic as well, then now they're frantic and we're never going to get back on track. Right. So I think in that sense, it's great. But the way I you, it applies to my life is the worst thing that I can do. You know, it's, it's horrible. But in that setting, it's successful. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think about my, like, in my example, it's it's also something that I, I guess is not, I assume, <laughs> it's not so visible to anyone else, you know, the self-confidence issues, right? Which I don't understand, bro, because you're a good-looking motherfucker, you're talented, you're funny. This is the point I'm trying to get to, like, I'm, crazy. I'm all those things, you're absolutely right now. <laughs> no. You hit him on the head, baby. <laughs> No, I'm talking about no, but the, the the irony is that we suffer from these things. People suffer from these things, like you mentioned. Robin yeah. Williams suffered from his depression. From the outside, they don't see it, right? Um, we do a good job of hiding it, I guess. And society has has made us masters at that, right? Yeah, especially with where we are with hiding things. Exactly. So recipe for destruction. So you have this thing. So if you don't have a smart way, and maybe this can lead us into another the next topic. If if you don't learn, I I, I mean, let's let's go back to some of our early episodes when we were talking a lot about narcissism. If you don't know yourself, yeah, knowing yourself. If you don't learn how to uh, understand yourself, your behaviors, you know then you don't address those you don't deal with those issues and they just stay under the surface driving you mad from the inside so i guess these things are always going to happen like i guess they're part of life and the key is probably learning how to deal with them but we don't learn that at least not i never learned that in i didn't learn it at home i didn't learn it in western education different times we don't, le- we don't, I never learned how to think about my feelings and how speak to speak about deal your with feelings. It. Speak about, you don't learn any of that, as far as I know. Maybe in some alternative schools you do. And so you're thrown into then adulthood and you're dealing with all the stuff that comes with that. And then under the surface, all of your freaking neuroses and anxieties and all that stuff is there churning, churning. And you got that happy face on. I'm coming, motherfucker. I'm coming. Yeah, and some people, it pulls them down. Let's talk real quick about being able to speak about our feelings. I think that it was like a perfect recipe, at least our upbringing, (laughs) for how we were raised when we were younger. And then the society that we eventually, you know, grew into. And when 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 I say that is, a lot of the times when we were younger, it was, Cállate la boca. (laughs) 
I'm no, I'm serious, bro. We're gonna get into it. <laughs> I even say that in in the next on your the hair on your neck stands up because I know you remember it, <laughs> right? And I'm sure there's a time and place. I understand is we still gotta be parents, right? I mean, I'm not saying that <laughs> your kid needs to freaking stage, right? But I think speaking about our feelings, right? Taking the time to figure out why we're feeling a certain way, giving us a place, you know, as I spoke about it before. I remember my mom telling me, that, oh, you don't know what stress is. You don't mm-hmm. have stress mm-hmm. because her stress was bills and dad and whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But at that age, that's my world. Exactly. And I never forgot what it felt to be like that, to feel like, man, like I'm not being, I'm not given a place here. Like I'm being shunned off because my problems are me not beating Super Mario or a detention or a fight at school or whatever the case may be. But the root of that is that I'm, I'm feeling stress. I'm feeling this emotion. And there's something wrong with how I'm processing these things because it's giving me this emotion. And rather than having a platform where I could be open and talk about it, cállate la boca. You don't have a place here. Mm. That's major, man, because now... Yes, it is. We start festering that into our adulthood. And I, and I know that it's affected me mm-hmm. to this day where, again, there's that duck above water. There's calm, cool, and collective. But in the and underneath, you know, there's there's a lot, a lot more going on, which is why I think it's so important, once again, to understand the job that we have as parents for those of us that are parents. I am not one. But for those of us that are parents, the, the importance of that job. You know what I mean? Like, I do. Something that you didn't think, I don't think mom's ever thought that, that was going to fuck us up. Not giving us a voice, right? Not giving us a place as children. I don't think she ever thought that was going to do damage, but it did. Mm-hmm. Because there was a lot more manning up that happened after that. And speaking about it was almost taboo. Because Caete la Boca was... All that we heard. Once she had enough of us, right? It's not that we couldn't talk to her. It wasn't all everybody to think. Yeah, there was a couple of cholas, chancletas flying around. But if, if it was a, a tense situation, if she was upset, that was the end all be all. And there was no communication. I know for you, again, I don't want to get too personal here in your life. But I know that for you, you've been a lot more inclusive with, with your son. And try to do a better job of see where he's at with things. And I mean, to this point, man, the kid's a stud. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys done a great job with that, man. He listens to every episode, so I'm sure he's going to appreciate that. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Compliment. I'm really, I'm really proud of him. I'm really, I'm both of my nephews, but I'm really, I'm really proud of him. He's, you guys are doing a great job. As am I. As am I. Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me again of our of our conversations that we've had about people. You mentioned it earlier. Not some people who shouldn't be parents. Yeah. Kind of, you know, because it's the easiest thing in the world and at the same time, the most difficult thing in the world. It's just weird. It's weird that way. Right. I mean, kid is a little human being. Right. (laughs) And sometimes I think parents think that they own this human being because they birthed this human being and then they treat him like that, like objects. Yeah. And then at the same time, it's hella difficult to have your own baggage and at the same time, try to do it right by someone else. Yes. So I can imagine. I can imagine. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of it is natural. When you say it's easy, I'm sure a lot of it is natural. It's yeah, that's what, exactly. But then there's other things where you understand, man, I'm still working through my own shit. Yeah. You know, maybe I haven't figured that out yet. So what direction do I go here in that case? I can assume that or interpret kind of what you're saying as, as such. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, nobody is perfect. And we're not pretending that uh, that there's some perfection that uh, people can reach as parents. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you just try to minimize the damage. 
<laughs> Damage control. Um, but one thing I like about how we raise our son is that we we both see him, right? And we see our, let's say we're we're conscious of how we do things. And that doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. I sure as hell do. But one big thing that I do different that we never saw as kids, you and I, is when I mess up, I tell him so and I apologize to him for it. Oh, that's major. We man. never got an apology from our from our parents that I can remember. Hamas. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, that's important. Like maybe some people think like, oh, no, as a parent, you have to set a, a whatever kind of example. But I mean, with with the background that we have, for me, this is important. Yeah. You know, one of the things that's important. Yeah, for sure. Maybe it seems to the people like we got, went off a little bit on a tangent, but these things all, yeah, to, just to remind everyone why we're talking about it, is because they all impact our mental health. Yes. And obviously, from your childhood, you carry a lot of stuff, and it turns into the issues that we deal with as adults. But of course, there's, there's also a lot of other things that contribute to it, right? Like we said, there could be chemical situations. I mean, some people are just born fucked up. Let's just put it out there because it's how it is. Mm-hmm. They maybe need a little extra help to be less fucked up. Well, let's, let's, no, they are. Some people are just born fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can argue against it if you want. I'm not saying you can't, but <laughs> no. <laughs> I would have been a, a little more tender on my approach. No, I've but... seen kids who who I can say are going to be future psychopaths. I've seen some. Yeah, but like when there's a kid like shooting up a school, you're 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 fucked up. I mean, there's, there's just like I don't know if we ever talked about that one experiment. Um, there's a documentary on it. Where I'll try to be brief. Yeah, we're already pushing an hour, son. Jesus, let's do it, man. Time flies. So <laughs> they 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 did some experiments uh, in the lab where they, you know, did some brain scans of different kinds of people, right? And then they had people who were, uh, let's say, diagnosed psychopaths. Yeah, and and then people who weren't. And then they looked and checked the brain scans, and they could see certain differences. I think it was in the frontal lobe of the brain mm-hmm. and there was this guy who he was he himself was a doctor he was he himself was i think even part of one of the doctors like running the experiment and he could tell from the brain scans who was a psychopath yeah oh, wow. and they they made him like part of the experiment no way don't tell me he had a psychopath brain don't he, tell me he they, they showed him brain. scans and he he identified the psychopaths, and one of those scans was his own. Get the fuck out of here! And then, <laughs> holy yeah, shit! Yeah, exactly. And then they interviewed his uh, family, some of his family members, like his kids, his his wife, and of course they talked to him after he found out that he was one of the psychopaths. Yeah? They were not surprised. They were not wow. surprised. Now here's the difference: not everyone who's a psychopath, tech, you know clinically diagnosed as such is going to go out and shoot up a walmart this is the Mm -hmm. thing right this is where the whole nature versus nurture thing comes up right nature is what you're born with nurture is what you learn and what you experience and how that affects you so nate when it comes to nature some people are born with certain you know brain situations that make them behave a certain way and they tend towards psychopathic behaviors but this doctor, because of the nurture, how he was raised, the experiences he had, the opportunities that he had, 
um, he became a doctor. You know what I mean? But but even even then, his own kid, his own son said, yeah, it makes sense because sometimes he reacts certain ways or he says certain things, things that for them seem odd and for him seem completely normal because of how psychopaths think. So you're saying I need to get scanned. Let's go, baby. I'm saying you should probably go <laughs> to your to medical professional. <laughs> That's crazy. But it is to me crazy because right? yeah. some of us, some of us get a hold of it and learn to live with it, and we don't go too far off the deep and end. and channel it into something that's not negative. Exactly. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that that shit still isn't there. That is very interesting. That blew me away, man. Yeah, yeah. they're sneaky, those motherfuckers. Yeah, they just can't in there. And 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 it's things. It's little things where. You 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 know I wish I could remember an, an exact example, but I just have it in my mind, you know, mentally the picture, you know, things where someone might have some empathetic response to something. He was missing that, but apparently he was still functional. Like his family loved him, but there were little things like that where they realized afterwards it makes sense because there are these little things where he, you know, he just seems off. Things that he connect. Different than the rest of us in how he behaves yeah. or how he reacts or how he, you know, what he responds, whatever. So, yeah, that that's a little interesting anecdote because I do think some people are just born fucked up. Yeah. Maybe they can turn it around with the right upbringing. Mm-hmm. But that, uh, that blueprint is there, baby. It's there. That's crazy. But, hey, man, listen, let me tell you. I don't know. Does a psychopath want to get no, better? No, I don't think so. Is that is that a, is that in him? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think for it's, for them it's not. I a, just want to give the people hope, cynic. I'm not saying we're basically saying there's a certain group of you motherfuckers. You're too far gone. <laughs> no, well, I mean it's a different mental issue, right? Like depression is 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 depression is something totally different, right? And yeah. what you were just saying, I think, would apply more to someone like that, someone who's suffering. A psychopath isn't necessarily suffering. Suffering. Yeah. Right. They're just wired differently and they go through through life kind of like seeing the rest of us as sheep and take advantage where they can. Mm. I mean, just to, to give you a brief, if I had to summarize it in one sentence, but opportunists, they're opportunists yeah. like sharks. Sharks are everybody thinks sharks are these. I mean, they are very powerful, but they're going to go for the wounded animal. As yeah, as do lions, as do most predators. Yeah. Yeah, most apex predators are opportunists. They're gonna pick off the easiest first. And that's what yeah. what these a lot of those people kind of are. They do in a, in a way. Yeah. But of course, if it's something more like you're struggling, you know, you feel like you need help, whether it's with depression or whether it's with anxiety or whether it's with some phobia, whatever, because it all falls under mental health. The best thing I think you could do, and this is someone, I'm speaking as someone who's been there, Mm -hmm. and I know that it doesn't matter what anyone says, when you're in there, none of that shit matters. No matter how much someone tells you it's going to get better, call this 1-800-HOTLINE, you're just like, yo, whatever, fuck you, bro, you don't know, you don't know. That's your response, though, but you, I think you still want to hear it, even though you may react that way because you might be so deep down. If you don't hear it, then you so. realize that you don't hear it, and then you feel like nobody cares, and you go into this deeper place. I think you're right. So I, I think that reaction is part of the depression, but know that you still need to fucking hear it because there are still people out there that care. 100%. I think it's worse if you don't hear it, especially in that state. 100%. That's, that's, I agree with that completely. Yeah. And, and so that being said, um, do what you can to reach out. I mean, 
even if it's difficult i mean maybe you're not ready to to talk or maybe you just want to maybe just first uh, something less confronting you know maybe a chat mm -hmm. a text an email or something to get the ball rolling and if you can get the help it's totally worth it again speaking from experience even if it's just reaching out to a friend at first maybe that person doesn't need to be you know a doctor you feel more comfortable reaching out to somebody whoever's listening you can always reach out to me or Cindy man we're here for you if you're going through anything you just need somebody to listen to we're definitely not doctors but sometimes it's something less intrusive like that And then that, you know, okay, now we get the ball rolling on that. Well, now I feel like I can ultimately go and speak to somebody else about it. Mm. You know, don't think don't think that it's cold turkey, that you got to go from, you know, not recognizing your own baggage to sitting on the couch with somebody because that might be scary. But something is a small step is reaching out to somebody that you trust, a text, you know, a phone call. I think that's a step in the right direction. If if going and getting medical help right away is you know, a little scary. For so sure. Often, for know? sure. You can reach out. I mean, I charge five euros an hour, but reach out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> Listen, th that that brings me to the next point, which is we take ourselves too seriously. Oh, man. We take that's one of my That's one of my faux pas. Too seriously. And you know what else I do, Cynic? I take things too personally. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things for me, man, that I've, oof, like unpacking that shit. I concur. I, I take I I'm, I feel it. <laughs> You're like yes, you do. No, no, I'm you saying. Take... <laughs> <laughs> I meant You're absolutely right, motherfucker. It all makes sense now. I meant I I deal with the same uh, <laughs> same thing. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like I take things way too personally. I don't know. If that's childhood. I mean, I was <laughs> was tallying so. up once again for childhood because you know I wasn't given a voice when I was younger. And you know, I think part of that too though has made me a very thoughtful person. And I think part of that's part of my my issue there, right? Because my brain has put myself in your situation, in my situation. I've thought about how to react to this or what I would have done 10 billion times. And I know I would have done it a certain way, right? But then if I don't get that same in return, then I'm offended by that. Mm -hmm. Like a respect issue, let's say, right? So if I haven't, if I haven't raised my voice at you, Right. And and I've given you nothing but respect and you don't give me that in return. You're not thinking as far as, well, I'm disrespecting this person by raising my voice at him. You're not going that far ahead. You're just act reacting instinctively. Maybe something we were talk, talking about upset you. For me, the way I process that is like, how could you raise your voice at me if I've never done that to you? If I've always given you the respect doesn't mean I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. Right. But I've never done that. And the process of detaching those two things to just because that person reacted that way doesn't mean they're necessarily trying to disrespect you. They haven't even processed that you haven't raised your voice. They're just being human and reacting in that situation. But for me, the way I see it is like, how dare you? How dare you do that when I haven't done that to you and I've wanted to before? And that's something that I really had to learn to separate. Because the way people process, there's always going to, perception is, is a motherfucker, right? Like if you if you look at somebody in a breakup, Her friends are going to have their perception of you and your friends are going to have their perception of her. Mm -hmm. Right. So at the end of the day, somebody's always going to understand something from their point of view. Exactly. They can never understand it from yours, even though there might be commonalities. We're always going to process things differently. And that's something that I had to understand. That's helped me not take things so personal. So when somebody says something or does something, I don't naturally react, you know, defensively, which is something I would have done before. 
Mm. You know, I understand that it's not that serious. Maybe there's somewhere else. You know, there there's some maybe they're having a bad day, but it's not necessarily about you. Mm. I always thought it was it was an like kind of a personal attack and I had to understand it's not always about you. And that's helped me a lot, man. You know, being happy is they say it's a choice, right? And I think that it's easier to say that at times in life. But when you're down in the dumps, it's hard to say that, right? Because you're like, I'm not choosing to be depressed. I'm not choosing to feel this way, but I do. But I think getting out of that fucking like quicksand almost, when you're in those dark moments, you have to remember that a lot of it is a choice and the way you perceive things, right? Because if I stay stuck in that rut of thinking that everything is about me, I'm not able to let that shit go, man. And now that shit is festering and it's eating me up and ultimately it didn't even fucking matter. But me choosing to be happy and see things differently, and even when I'm down, hey, man, turn that shit around, right? That's why I'm such a huge believer in energy, right? Shift that energy. Shift that shift that focus. I think that's helped me, and it's it's created those those darker days are shorter now, right? Mm-hmm. They You know, before they used to hang around a lot longer, and now I feel like I'm getting more control. And it's an ongoing process, right? But I'm in a lot better place now. And I think for anybody going through shit, understand that it's a fucking process, man. doesn't mean that you're not going to have dark days, but hopefully now the way you perceive things and the way you, you approach things, the way you attack things are different because it's all about understanding. We fear what we don't understand. And I think a lot of times there's things going on in us that we can't explain. So then fear and anxiety go hand in hand. And now, now there, there's these emotions that are creeping in. And they're not helping you figure things out. But once you understand the rules of engagement, you're like, all right, I understand what's happening here. So this is what I should do. Right. Sometimes you don't always you're not always there. But that's why it's important to do the work so you can start being able to see things. Right. Like, again, the example of somebody grabbing my face, I'm able to acknowledge that and see this is a trigger for me. And I know why it's a trigger for me. Right. Yeah. But there was one time that I was in a place where that would happen and I didn't know why it was a trigger. Right. So it's it's a process, man. But uh yeah, I think I think that's one thing for me personally that's helped me is understanding that it may not ever leave. I may be dealing with this f- for life, but hopefully it's less and less and there's more there's more uh, good days than bad, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well put. So well put. I I feel like that's something that I would reiterate as well. So if you're not able to actually go and get a therapist or whatever, you know, if you're not I don't know. I guess the situation over there is is also different. I don't know how much people access people have to therapists if it's covered by insurances or if you don't need. I don't know how it works, but um, if there's anything that I think is would be a good takeaway is exactly what Frank just said. It's a process, first of all, and second of all, once you acknowledge, like once you're aware of that, then just try for these little wins, these little moments where you're conscious of a reaction even if you fail at it 50 times and you succeed once keep trying at it and you'll get better at it and the the point is that the, the more you do it then the more you start to become aware of how you react to things and you can start questioning where that could be coming from at the end of the day the a therapist isn't going to do anything different a therapist can't tell you where it's coming from Right. They go through it with you. They talk, you you know, they, they say things or you have conversations that might trigger things. But you're the only one who can, you know, like you said, do the work. So yeah. at the end of the day, you can already start this yourself if you don't have access to a therapist. 
the most important thing is not to get too frustrated with yourself because you will fail sometimes, a lot of times. But if you keep at it, you really start to notice at some point a difference. You may not even realize that it's making that difference at first, but it does make a difference. Yeah. Just that little pause and acknowledgement of what you're feeling in that moment makes such a world of difference. So if you take anything away, that that's what I would say take away from the show. I think for me with, with meditation, it's similar, right? Because when you first start to meditate, it's really hard. You know, because part of, I think anybody who's drawn to meditation isn't somebody who's typically at peace, right? They're, they're looking for something because they want, they want to settle things down. And for me, quieting my mind at the very beginning and being able to like push everything out, right? And, and, and focus in on, on the clarity of being in the moment. That was the hardest thing. And I was like, man, I don't know if I'm ever going to get this, but I stayed at it and I stayed at it and I stayed at it. And now I can sit bro for 10 minutes and not flinch. So what happens is in meditation, you're sitting there, right? And you're, you're focusing in on being in the moment. And then these thoughts are going to come into your mind that have nothing to do with what you, where, where you're at right now. What are we doing later? What I got to do tomorrow? You start thinking about work. So you're sitting there and you're trying to be still and focus on the moment, right? And all these things are happening. That still happens now. It just happens less, right? Mm -hmm. Before I, I can only I can only sit for, for 60 seconds, for a minute. You know, now I can, again, I can go plus 10. I can go 20 if I want. You know, those thoughts still come, but they're few and far between. And I know that that's normal, right? But before that would throw me off. Like, oh, I can't do this. Look, I can't even focus. Mm -hmm. But understanding that that's part of the process, understanding that you're going to get that thought, process it, let it go. Don't let the thought disrupting your stillness throw you off. Um, now I'm able to, 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 to meditate for a lot longer. And I think it's parallels there to kind of that journey with, with going through it and, and depression, right? At first, it's going to be hard. You know, you're not going to notice, you know, the change right away. You're not going to think that you're doing it the right way. Um, but if you keep at it, you're going to see that you're able to process things differently. And those things are few and far in between. Don't yeah. get discouraged, man. Do the work. Do the work. Cynic, you got you got some jokes for us, man. I, I know we got to get out of here soon, but you got some jokes for us. And I just wanted to end with these jokes. There, You know, the humor is <laughs> a little dark on some of these. On some of them? Shit. I knew inevitably this was going to be more of a somber episode. I don't want people, you know, that we don't want you to cut your veins after this. We want you to live. So we're going to bring some light to it because taking ourselves too serious and taking things too personal is something that we just spoke about that we're not going to do. So in true fashion, Cynic is going to bless us with a couple of yokies um, making light of the situation. <laughs> so I, I stumbled upon some of these totally by accident because I never expected that in the age of the snowflake, which is the age we currently live in. <laughs> <laughs> that such jokes would even be allowed on the internet. But I came across them and I thought, wow, maybe maybe this is something that in in true no stone unturned form we can also share. <laughs> Let's do it. My doctor prescribed a new drug to treat my depression. It's called End It All. <laughs> <laughs> now, That's a bit dark. Now listen. It's, it's listen, got the perfect... Not, we gotta, there has to be a disclaimer after that, though, right? Because we just spoke about fighting through things. And <laughs> so this is obviously making light of the situation, guys. It's never a good idea to do that. <laughs> fight, 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 right? How about to the guy that stole my depression medication? I hope you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> a little less dark, okay? That one's good. There's nothing more depressing than a failed suicide attempt. <laughs> 
I can't even do that right. <laughs> Again, guys, don't. <laughs> I feel like I always got to say it. I'm sorry. Don't fucking do it. This is, <laughs> but it's funny. Is depression an emotion or a state of mind? I call it a lifestyle. <laughs> and the last one, which I really like. What you got for us? What you got for us? I'm a star. Because one of these days I'm going to crash and burn. <laughs> there you go. Don't take life too serious, people. Don't take life too serious, man. None of us get out alive. And at the end of the day, we're just walking each other home, man. So Nice. Hey, this is the way to end the fucking season, bro. Yeah. This is the way to end season four, motherfuckers. You better come back for season five. And you know what we what 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 was special about this episode? What is it? We had no fun fact. <laughs> you didn't do no way. <laughs> Correction, we had a fun fact, but we skipped right over that shit. How could you not tell me anything? You don't I stop remembered me. when we were in the middle of a conversation. I wasn't gonna be like, yo, hold on a second. Uh, fun <laughs> talking fact. about twenty seconds. <laughs> twenty seconds. I don't give a fuck how you feeling. We gotta go back to the beginning. <laughs> Cool, man. So we'll, we'll ISO that. They'll still be able to hear it. Okay, cool. All right, man. Well, it's quote time. Quote skis. You know there's still sundown towns in the United States? Sun- Completely has nothing to do with mental health, but... Sundown? Curveball. Sundown. That means that after sundown, if you're a color, you better not be Get out. Get the hell out of here. That does I swear no to you. No way. I, <laughs> there's still sundown towns, bro. Are you- I'm going to send you the article, and it's not for Facebook, motherfucker. Yo, I'm going to scrutinize the hell out of that article. I'm telling you right now. If that shit is from <laughs> HBJ.com. Uh, the Onion. Because <laughs> I don't buy it. All right, bro. Here we go. So, I wish people could understand that the brain is the most important organ of your body. Just because you can't see mental illness like you can't see a broken bone doesn't mean it's not detrimental or devastating to a family or individual. Boom. Demi Lovato, which is a singer. Again, somebody who's been very open about her mental health and her, her struggles. Mm-hmm. And she said that herself, and I think it was it was on the money, man, for what we got today. A lot of the times we don't... We don't want to be honest, you know, about the things that we're feeling inside. And it's okay to, to talk about it, man, and be honest about it, you know? Yeah, we're visual creatures, or at least we, we've become very visual. So uh, you, you can't, you can't not, not only can you not see the brain, you can't see people's feelings. That's all internal, right? Yeah. So it's a super, it's a really good point. It's a really good point. And what you're saying is true. Like a, a friend of mine said, this, said to me, it's all about feelings and when he first told me that i thought damn this dude is annoying but after that i realized (laughs) he's right that's your defense mechanism yeah that's how you've coped yeah that was that response right there yeah i think so and and even still sometimes you know if we're chatting or whatever he'll ask stuff and i'm like he where's he trying to go with this like he's trying to diagnose me now and get him to feel this shit feel it touchy feeling it sometimes still annoys me nevertheless i think he's right it's either about how you're feeling or how the person you're talking to is feeling. And that those feelings are driving almost the entire interaction. Yes, man. Very well put, man. That's a good nugget, Cindy. Good job, man. All right, brother. Well, let's get out of here, bro. We've been here. We've been at it. This is going to be a little extendo clip for you. A little more than an hour. But you know what? It's the season finale. So we hope you enjoyed it, man. Because we love you. We love you. All right, man, we're out of here. Take care of yourselves and each other. Yeah, we'll catch y'all again in a few weeks. Uh, We're on a short break. Yes, sir. But uh, y'all know where to find us. Same time, same place, same channel. Moon. We out. Choose. Peace.
Don't take life too serious, people. Don't take life too serious, man. None of us get out alive. And at the end of the day, we're just walking each other home.